Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 41, a Kindle World First Timer, an interview with author Christy Phillips, coming to you on Thursday, March 22nd, 2018. For the last two weeks, we've been doing a little series here on what it's like to write in one of Amazon's Kindle Worlds. This week's author, Christy Phillips, just published her first book in Deborah Holland's Montana Sky series, and she talks about what it's like to write in a Kindle World compared to just writing on your own. Christy is an interesting and fun person to get to know, and we had a really good time talking about the different kinds of history and how she got started writing in Deborah's world, which pretty much came about from a conversation about how Christy writes Gold Rush stories. Now, they haven't been published yet, but now that she's writing in Deborah's Kindle world and Deborah's excited about the whole Gold Rush thing and the miniseries that Christy's writing, I think that we can see more of Christy's Gold Rush stories coming to us in the future. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome. Today's guest is Christy Phillips. Christy is a New York Times bestselling author in her imagination, which is where she spends the majority of her time thinking up storylines and navigating her way through hypothetical situations. Christy is a busy mother of three, and when she's not chasing kids around or investigating the latest mystery stain on the new carpet, she can be found blogging at theprimamama.com, writing sketch comedy or performing improv at various venues in Hollywood. Very rarely, though, can she be found doing any actual housework. Welcome, Christy. Hi, thanks for having me, Kitty. I'm so glad you're here. I have to say, reading your bio, I'm like, that's so awesome. <laughs> it just makes you sound like very fun and um, not flighty, but a person who just runs around and does all the things that she's really interested in. Yeah, I do. I, I, um, I keep busy and uh, much to my husband's chagrin, housework is the last thing to get done. <laughs> Why can't well, you put- have fun? Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm very lucky. My husband and I both decided when we got married in college that everybody keeps saying life is so short and we don't know how we're going to like make it, you know, 80 years. It just seems like too long a period of time when you're only 22. But we're like, but if life really is too short, then let's go have fun and worry about housework later. And, you know, now at many years past 22, we haven't really gotten back into that whole housework thing that adults are supposed to do. <laughs> oh, well. I, I don't miss it. It's unnecessary. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I've gotten advice from a pro. <laughs> oh, so I am so excited to talk to you because um, when I was talking to Deborah Holland and then she was mentioning some of the people who write in her Kindle World series, um, I was like, wait a minute, I, I know a lot of these people and I don't think that I really realized it. Like, I knew that you had a book coming out and you said it was in the series and I knew Linda Carol Brad had a couple of books that she wrote in the series and some other people, but it, it was, they were like one, one conversation here and one there and I hadn't really put them all together. So I'm so excited that Deborah kind of jointly, we had this idea, wait, what if we just interview a whole bunch of people and get all these different perspectives on it? I think that's a great idea. And yeah. the, the fun thing about uh, talking to you is, if I have this right, you've just published your first Kindle Worlds book, and it's the first one that, of course, then if it's the first one, it's the first one you've written in Deborah's series. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about like 
start wherever you want. You know, how did you and Deborah have the conversation? Or if it's earlier than that, how did you decide that you wanted to do this? Or if you want to start with like, this is what I started writing. Just tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Well, uh, Deborah and I know each other from RWA, as you know. And I write, um, well, all of my published books so far have been contemporary. Um, but I have several Gold Rush stories that are not published yet. They're just, I'm fascinated with the Gold Rush. I love it. I grew up um, in the Motherlode area. <clears throat> and wow. so when Deborah heard that, she said, wait a minute, you write Gold Rush? I said, yes. She says, would you be interested in writing in my Kindle world? And I said, oh, I don't know anything about Montana. <laughs> and yeah. and um, she was very encouraging. She said, oh, but you know the time period. And um, I, I think, you know, you'd be able to fit right in. And so um, I was familiar with her Kindle world. I enjoy it. It's, it's very sweet. And uh, so I read a few more of her books and said, yeah, you know what? This will be fun. I'll, I'll give it a try. So <clears throat> I actually have a funny story about how my story came about. Um, it's, it's my friends say, oh, it's synchronicity. Uh, <laughs> I am a huge researcher. I can't just make up a story and go, oh, that's probably accurate. I have to research absolutely everything. And Deborah's more, she's like, I don't want anybody to know specifically where my town is. It's just kind of, I keep it vague. And it was driving me nuts. I was like, I need to know how far are you from, from Butte and how far you are. Yeah. <laughs> so I, was, I was doing researching on um, the different um, minerals and ores that would be mined um, in that area. And I came across this fascinating man and they called him the Copper King of Butte, Montana. And I said, oh, wow, this guy sounds amazing. He was an immigrant. He came from nothing. He had a little bit of Irish luck and hard work, and he <laughs> became a multi-multi-millionaire. And, and the people loved him. He was very good to his workers. Wow. And so I said, I'm going to base my hero on this guy. And uh, so, but I couldn't use names because Deborah doesn't want, you know, names. So I immediately forgot his name. I just remembered his title. And... Uh, and then in my personal life, um, we had a big, tumultuous, exciting thing happen. And that is my son was cast in a series, a TV series, oh. filmed of all places in Utah and Montana. Oh, my god! And I said, well, I guess I'm going to know what the weather's like in Montana. Right. So we were on location filming, and we were in this small town called Hamilton, and one day we had weekends off and one weekend um, I saw a little sign that said Celtic festival at the daily mansion. And I said, Oh, let's go check that out. And we went, my son's um, nine years old and we went and we were not that impressed with the Celtic festival. I mean, it was lovely, but it was, <laughs> we weren't that excited about it, but the mansion was incredible. And I said, let's tour the mansion. And my son's like, Oh, I mean, I've dragged my children to every historical building within a mile radius. So he humored me and he agreed. And um, we took the whole tour. It's amazing. It's 25,000 square feet of wow. historical, restored, beautiful mansion. And we made it up to the attic. And he, my son was finally, he just had it. He's like, how do these people have so much money? Yeah. <laughs> so big. And there were a lot of pictures and stuff in the attic and a timeline. And the docent said, oh, well, Marcus Daly was the copper king of Butte, Montana. And I said, wait, what? And they said, oh. I said, 
Butte is like five days horse ride away. What is this house doing here? And he said, oh, this is his summer home. Oh my gosh. I, I got chills. I was standing in the attic of the house of the man I had based my hero on. And um, wow. so I started fangirling. I <laughs> yeah. just, just was like, wow, I've never had anybody this excited to be in the attic before. <laughs> and um, I proceeded to dive into um, researching the family and the house and the area. And I changed my story a little bit and, and um, I incorporated a lot of it into my story. And I, my hero, and my book is called Mind to Love. I should probably... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you know that. And um, my hero is named Marcus Danley, and he's the son of Marcus Danley the first. So it's, you know, I play with yeah. it a little bit. And, um, and so it was just, it was a very interesting, exciting coincidence, I guess. Wow. That mm-hmm. is so, I would have chills too. I would be talking a mile a minute about everything that I knew about it and asking what she knew about it and promising my son all the ice cream he could eat if he would just let me stay a little longer. (laughs) He was very patient. (laughs) Oh, you have good kids. (laughs) Wow. So you must have been feeling, yeah, like the whole synchronicity of it all coming together when you hadn't finished the book so you could incorporate anything that you learned. Oh, I I basically changed the whole book. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yes. And, um, and I decided to um, make a series out of it. So um, my series oh. within Deborah's Kindle World is called Copper Creek. And wow. yeah, so it's, it's a little town, you know, it's one town over. It's between Morgan's Crossing and Sweetwater Springs. So. Okay. Because <laughs> Morgan's Crossing, um, trying to remember from when, when we talked to Deborah, um, that's where the mining town is? That's the mining town. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. so yours is an additional, I, I mean, I know that during, okay, you know way more about it than me, but what I remember is during all of these um, different mineral rush periods, uh, there would be several little communities popping up wherever somebody found some more. Is that right? Absolutely. They would call them boom towns and they were okay. mostly canvas tents. But if you got a really good load going, then, um, you know, not brick and mortar, but wooden houses and, and churches and stuff would would be built. And, um, and if the town had a reason to thrive aside from minerals, then it would stick around and you have the cities and towns we have today. But, um, yeah, there's, I'm reading a book right now called, um, ghost towns of California. And it's fascinating because there are so many, because of, you know, the gold rush and the boom and all that. So there's, there's a lot of very interesting ghost towns that there was a rush. They came, they established a community. And yeah. then, and then they went away. <laughs> oh man, that is so cool! I can't remember. Um, I know it was when I was driving north of LA, maybe on the five, maybe the fourteen. But I thought there was a place where there's like just a small little sign that's like the name of a town that's a that's a ghost town, and you would just never even realize that it was there because you can't see anything from the highway. And I always thought someday I should pull off on that exit and see what's there. I recommend it definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so which of these towns, we're getting a little bit off track about Kindle yeah. Worlds. You know what? I'll save that conversation for when I'm talking to you later because I just want to know what do these towns look like and how do you get your family to go with you? <laughs> a lot of bribery. <laughs> there you go. That's what I should probably do. Okay. So this is really interesting. Um, Linda Carroll Brad also started writing a, a little mini series. 
when you started the idea, when you said, sure, Deborah, I'll give it a try, um, were you thinking to yourself, I should probably try to think of a miniseries idea or did that idea come to tell us? Yeah. Um, well, I, I wanted to try it out just to see. Um, I'm a control freak and yeah. anytime you um, are under contract with somebody else, you give up control of your work. And so yeah. that's been an adjustment for me being in the Kindle world because I like checking my numbers, seeing if promotions are working. And you can't do that when um, you're in a Kindle world because you only see your sales at the end of the following month. So, um, so I was like, I'm, let's just try this out. I'll see how I like it. See if I get any, you know, extra readers that, you know, hadn't been exposed to me before. Yeah. And, um, and it, it has been rewarding. It has been fun. And when I was working on my story, I just came, this idea came to me where, oh, if I did this, this would lend itself to a series. Let's do this. So I, I, my characters are building a school for, um, it's essentially a finishing school, but rather than for um, elite rich girls, it's for frontier wives. So, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. There was this a sounds, <laughs> so this sounds so interesting. I'm sorry, I'm talking over you. <laughs> Say that again, because I'm sure I just spoke over you, but it sounds so interesting. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you think so. Um, no, it, it's just there, was, there were not many women, and they needed more women. So in order to get the women to come out, to go west, um, yeah. So Is this a real idea? I haven't researched it. I, it very well could be. I've never heard of a finishing school for frontier wives. It was just kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps situation. Yeah. But um, we'll see how it plays out in my series. <laughs> I love it. It sounds so fun. It actually reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Tessa Dare has a series that uh, I can't remember the exact name, but it's something about Spinster Cove. Spindle Cove. Spindle. Yeah. Spindle uh-huh. Cove. Yeah. You read it? Of course. I love Tessa Dare. I've read everything she's written. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that I might've too. In fact, I think that there's a couple books I might've accidentally bought twice. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, you know, these women, young women, you know, go to this little area because, you know, there's been a scandal or something's happened or they can't, you know, they're too shy to, to go out and, and they're wallflowers. Yeah. 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 So it kind of sounds like you could have like that kind of crazy fun with your finishing school. I'm, I'm excited about it to play in that world and see where I, I go with it. I'm currently working on the second book and I'm actually meeting with Deborah on Thursday. We're going to get together and talk about how we can smush our stories together and make sure we're not stepping on any toes. So wow. that's going to be fun. That does sound fun. Oh my gosh. All right. I have a thousand questions, but I have to go back to you said something really interesting. And again, um, part of the reason why I wanted to interview all of you, well, it's the reason I interview everybody is so that everybody listening has more information they didn't have before. I have to say, I had it in my head that even though I understood that you had a contract with Amazon, that you weren't self-publishing, it's basically a traditional publishing contract, though it's nice to hear, I think Deborah said that they have a 10-year period. It's not a lifetime period or anything. Um, but I had it in my head that it would still be the same as you being able to log into KDP and check all your numbers every single day. But we, what you're saying is it's traditional and so you can't. I had that in my head as well. I've, I've published with KDP many times and it's, it's funny as I was trying to publish, as I was trying to upload my manuscript, I kept running into roadblocks because I guess I didn't read the fine print Every, every problem I had was 
clearly listed in the frequently asked. It was like, <laughs> don't do this. Don't do this. And I'm like, why isn't it uploading? And because I had, I had pictures and I had, you know, like chapter headings and stuff. So, um, it being so well-versed in KDP, I thought, Oh, no problem. I know how to do this. And really there are, there are not many different roles, but there's just little tweaks and little differences that, um, that came as a surprise to me, but it, it all worked out. So, yeah. Um, and all my pretty chapter headings I can save for the uh, paperback copy. <laughs> That's true. So when you, when you make this contract with Amazon, um, is it for the ebook and the print book? That I'm still a little bit confused about. Luella was telling me um, that um, I, I, I still need to talk to Lou about it more because she's definitely more well-versed on it than I am. But yeah. I have not um, made it into a paperback yet. I know they have rights for audio okay. and they have rights for ebook. But um, because I wasn't planning to do a paperback right away, I glossed over that. <laughs> right, right. I'll read uh, it later. <laughs> but I know um, Lou has all of hers, I think all of hers, out in paperback. They're beautiful. And, um, and so she would be the one to ask. She's the one I intend to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I'm hoping to get her on the show as well. So I'll add that to my list of questions for her. So what are your feelings about, um, so you were, and this is a question, even though I'm phrasing it like a statement, uh, as I understand it, you were um, self-publishing. This is your first uh, traditional publishing contract. Is that right? Um. I mean, basically, I was traditionally published through a small Australian press about, oh, oh, seven or eight years ago, ago. but I didn't love it. It was really, again, I'm a control freak, so it was very frustrating, and um, we we didn't have the same vision for for my story, and we kind of, we, we amicably separated ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, um, I, I love self-publishing. I love the control. I love, um, you know, being my own boss and telling the stories that I want to tell. So, yeah, I have to say, I, I'm totally there with you. That seems to be the song of most self-published writers that I know. But on the other hand, you had to decide what the pros and cons were to having a contract that, um, you don't have as much control. Uh, it's a 35% royalty because you have to split it with the Kindle World owner, splitting the 70% that Amazon usually gives. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazon gets to tell you things that you would normally make up your mind about. So when you are trying to decide, and ba- basically this is kind of for the sake of the listeners, how do you uh, develop a pros and cons list to decide whether or not this might be a possibly a good choice for you? Well, I was more concerned with um, having control over the story and the cover and things like that. Um, the fun stuff. Yeah. So, um, I, that's what those were all in the pros because Amazon lets you, as long as you follow, um, the rules of the world, each Kindle world has its own rules. So, um, you know, and, and they run the gamut. There's paranormal, normal worlds and there's, um, sweet historical worlds and there's, you know, almost erotic worlds and those type of things. And so mm-hmm. as long as you stick within the rules of the world you're writing in and you have, you know, a professionally edited manuscript, um, Amazon pretty much just gives you the go ahead. You don't have to, they, they won't nitpick um, your manuscript. And okay. so that was nice because the control freak in me enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. And, um, and so it, it, it didn't feel as, um, as much of like a harness as like, being traditionally published where they, 
they decide everything, you know, they decide structure, they decide cover, they decide all, they get to do all the fun stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And they give you notes on your story that you need to either make them happy about your changes or yeah, exactly. So, um, so that was definitely a pro is the, um, how much that, how much freedom you are allowed within writing within a Kindle world. And, um, and the splitting of the, um, the 35%, that, you know, that's fine. Um, it, because people are being introduced to my story that wouldn't have normally found me another way, perhaps. Right. So, um, yeah. so it's hopefully opening up my readership. And once my Gold Rush series is up and running, maybe there'll be some crossover. If they enjoyed um, Copper yeah. Creek, and all the excitement that happens there, maybe they will come to Columbia and see what's going on 50 years earlier. <laughs> right, right. And Deborah was saying that one of the other um, pros to it, you know, that obviously splitting the royalty on the one hand is a con, but one of the pros is that particularly for the people in her private Facebook group who have contacted her personally and are uh, getting feedback, you know, from her to, to keep their stories like really central to the, the tone and feel and everything that she tried to develop. Um, she was saying that uh, one of the pros it is, is that you get so many people cross promoting your book because you're doing all this cross promoting of all these other books that it actually probably is increasing people's um, uh, not only sales, but like you say, visibility and that sort of thing. So. Yes. Um, I love writing romance. And I love what um, a supportive, amazing group of authors we have. Um, there's no competition. There's no pir- you know, cutthroat piracy type of things like there are in yeah. other industries and in other genres, really. Um, just yeah. because we know we have voracious readers and there's, there's, there's enough love for everyone. That's right. <laughs> and the cross promotions, um, I mean, they're fun. They're they're helpful and they're fun and you get to see it be introduced to stories that maybe you wouldn't have known about. So, right. Um, I, yeah. I have to say, I never really thought about, um, this historical romance or Western romance as being something that I would read, but every single time I read the first chapter of one of Deborah's books, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to buy this <laughs> because I think I just like the people so much that it makes me not really care that it's in an area that normally I, I don't care that much about, but I just like the people so much. And then your idea, I mean, I just love, I love how much it sounds like you, and let me just ask you a question because now I'm so interested in your books, but so, so do your books have some humor in them? Cause the story idea seems like it does. Uh, I like to think so. <laughs> Um, I have a, a cameo by um, Mark Twain. He comes because he was actually in the area. I, I fudged it by a year. He was in the exact town that this takes. Well, it's a fictional town, but right. he was in the, the exact town. They, they left my fictional town and went to a real town. And he was in that town one year earlier. So I just fudged it. I was like, he's going to be here now. And he has an interaction because he knew Marcus Daly, the man I based my hero on. And they, they had a bitter rivalry between Marcus Daly and a man named Clark. And it was, oh, it was the this, this stuff movies are made. It was incredible. They were bitter, bitter enemies. And um, Clark's brother married Marcus Daly's sister-in-law. And so you can imagine um, how awkward Thanksgiving must have been for them. Right. Uh, so, 
I have, I have Mark Twain. I've, I, we call him Sam and he comes and, um, right. and he's there and I quote him. He's, he's got a few quotes, like how he loves cats. And I put those in and, um, and he had quotes about how much he hated Clark. And so I threw those in there too. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. And this is in yeah. book one. This is in the first book. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, uh, this is out, right? It's came out. out. It came out, um, um December. December. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to have to go, uh, you know, find my Kindle and do another download and not necessarily mention it to my husband about it buying another book. <laughs> oh, what fun. Okay, so what other questions do we want to ask you? Um, is there anything that you've noticed that has changed um, the way you write, um, the, maybe the order that you write books, how many books you're going to try to write a year, anything that's changed with the books that are already out, like anything that you've noticed because of this, this new kind of direction? Well, I'm kind of in a, a unique position because I write really steamy. Like my previously published stuff is extremely steamy contemporary. So it's nothing like sweet historical romances. Yeah. But I have had a few um, bumps in my backlog, and I, I just wonder <laughs> right. what those readers must think when they get my steamy contemporary stuff after having read my sweet historical. So mm-hmm. um, I try and warn my readers because I write, I, I'm doing it wrong. I write so many different styles because I just yeah. love them all. So I've got a yeah. book in the works. I've got the historical ones. I've got the steamy contemporary. I have the humorous, not so steamy contemporary. So I'm just kind of a mess and readers just kind of have to trust me or come along for the ride. And, um, if they like, I have a clear voice. So if you like my voice, the voice is the same across all the different styles that I write, but, um, but the content is very different. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. I, I get I've introduced people to different styles because, um, you know, different subgenres of romance because normally, you know, they've only read, you know, erotica or, you know, new adult. And then they see that I've put this, something else out and they'll be like, well, I'll see what that's about. And they end up liking it. So now they're introduced to a whole new world of romance stories that they never would have tried, but because right. I'm, I can't pin myself down. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing and some of it actually happens within the same series, a little bit genre mashing, like my superhero series, um, you know, it's superheroes first of all. So there you go. (laughs) I think Captain America is the coolest guy ever, except for now I'm like, okay, I love Captain America because I've known him so long, but now I love the Black Panthers so much. I mean, I already kind of started loving him in Civil War, Captain America Civil War, but man, after this new movie, I'm just like, I, I not only love him, sorry, but this actually is related. I love all of his immediate group of friends and family because they all seem like genuinely good, decent people who are trying to, you know, live a good, decent, honorable life. And I love that, which is probably the reason why I, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, oh, that probably is the reason why I do like a lot of these sweet historicals that I'm finding, you know, either through Deborah or other, you know, similar books or even, um, yeah, books by other authors that aren't even necessarily um, related at all to Deborah's books. But 
because I just, I really like, you know, there's a certain kind of people that I really like. I like to read them. I don't mind if some bad things happen to them as happens in fiction, you know, because I know that they're going to figure out some way to, um, like, they're not going to screw over the guy next door just to, you know, fix their problems. So they have integrity. Yes. I love it. And so, you know, there's some books that I'm like, okay, I'm kind of skimming over the sex scene. I know how sex works. I'm not that interested in reading about it. But, you know, if the books are full of interesting people doing interesting things, then, and I think that a lot of readers, possibly particularly romance readers, they'll read through a lot of subgenres because there are certain things that they like. Like I really like humor and I like people of integrity, um, that sort of thing. And if it is in paranormal or, you know, sweet Western or whatever, I'm still happy. So there probably is a lot of that going on or about to start happening more so within all of your books. And of course, you always get your happy ending. Exactly. The definition of a romance. You get that That's happy right. ending. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very important, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I don't read Nicholas Sparks anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, if you're listening. You're a great yeah. writer. I can't read your books, though. He, he doesn't write romance. People get confused about that. I say, yeah. he's not a romance author. No, that but, is so yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, yeah, I'm about ready to go off on another tangent. Let's, let's stick to the subject here, Kendall Worlds. Um, so I guess the last question really is, let's say, so you're probably among some of the newest of the uh, Montana Sky Riders, I would guess. Yes. Your book only came out like um, three-ish months ago mm-hmm. from the time of this recording. Okay. She so, just, sorry, she just no, go ahead. had a release of a new a new batch. And I think there might be one or two new newbies in that one. They, they came out this week. So oh. check them out. <laughs> you know, what? actually, I think I got an email. I, I specifically read the email about Deborah's new book that came out, book eight. And uh, of course, I downloaded the Kindle sample and now I'm near the end of it. And I'm like, you know, you're going to hit the buy button as soon as you get to the end of the sample. You should just buy it now. <laughs> uh, but you're right. I think I did see the email with other books coming out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so what do you think would be things that uh, listeners might want to consider, um, pros and cons or advice? What do you think? Well, I, I was really lucky in um, actually knowing Deborah Holland, the you know, creator of the world, and she has really done an, a wonderful job of making it easy for her authors to create in her world. She has a Bible, like a world Bible, and we all add to it and we let you know um, new characters that we've created and where they live and, and what their job is. And, and we have a Facebook page um, that's dedicated to her Kindle world. And we can ask there, everybody's very helpful. We can say, is there a doctor in this area at this year or who's the sheriff in, in this year? Cause it spans decades for her, her world. So, wow. um, and we have to know like, was that person there then or not until later. So it's, it's very helpful um, the way she set it up to where we can all communicate with each other and cross-reference and, and make sure um, that we're not stumbling over each other. And yeah. so that is a blessing. And again, I've only written in Deborah's World. I don't know if other Kindle World owners do that. Uh, if not, they really should because it really helps. And, um, and, and yeah, just if you are going to write in the Kindle world, I highly, well, you probably already know it very well, which is why you want to write in it. You're probably a passionate fan of it. But I, I recommend um, 
familiarizing yourself as much as possible with the world and the different stories and even um, other Kindle world authors within it. So I'm familiar with Deborah's, but I'm also familiar with some of the other um, authors that have, you know, written in her world. And we just kind of, you know, it all works and it's so much fun. I know I personally love reading stories and then saying, oh, I know that character from that book. I get very excited. Same thing when TV does it, like the TV stations will do your crossover show. Like, ooh, these characters are on this show tonight. I love yeah. it. I just, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Um, I have to say that I was like, oh, I have to be home on these two nights because the flash is going to be on the arrow and then the arrow is going to be on the flash. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So um, I'm sure that there are a few cons. So without, like, I'm not asking you to um, like be disrespectful about, you know, um, something that's working well for, for other people. But I do try to let people know that, for instance, self-publishing is not necessarily for every single person because you have to be the kind of person who wants to do an awful lot of different things. You know, you're, you're hiring people mostly to do your editing and your book cover and stuff like that. But the fact is, is that you're the boss. You're the responsible person who has to make sure it all gets done. So are there things about working in a Kindle world where you're like, well, this is, this is a con you need to keep in mind. Like, are you willing to uh, I don't know, I guess have a 10-year contract that you can't do anything else with this book until after the contract's over, no matter how well or badly it's doing or whatever. Uh, what, what are some things that people you think should consider? Well, I think really, as I mentioned earlier, the only con for me personally is mm -hmm. not being able to see my sales until the following month because I'm just a micromanager. I just love, I'll say, okay, I, I put, you know, a little ad out here. I want to see how it's doing, see if I got a bump or anything. And I can't do that. And so I, I it feels like I'm flying blind. And um, another thing is you don't have control over when, um, can, when Amazon will put your book on sale or when they run a promotion or mm. um, any of that. But I mean, that could also be a pro if you're too busy to worry about running a promotion for that, you know, today yeah. or whatever. But you're, you also, that being said, you also have to promote it yourself. So, um, but, uh, where was I going? Pros and cons. Um, oh, and as far as like the 10 year contract, I went in knowing like I'm writing the story for this and just mentally I'm fine with that. I'm prepared for that. I'm not like, if it doesn't do well, I want to take it back and do something else with it. That's not my mindset. It was, I'm going to write for this Kindle world and there it is, you know? Um, so I think if you just educate yourself on what you're getting into and mentally prepare yourself for the differences in what maybe you're used to doing, then, you know, it's really, it's, it's fine. And yeah. as a self-published author, you are your own CEO and you have to um, keep a lot of those things in mind, you know, like hiring out the jobs that you can't do yourself. Like nobody can edit themselves. You just don't see your yeah. own mistakes. And so, um, so things like that. Um, I'm very fortunate. My sister-in-law is a designer, so she does my covers for me. And she's nice. Amazing. Um, and uh, so I, I can't really, if you educate yourself and you know what you're getting into, then you can write, you know, you can rate your own pros and cons based on what works for you because everybody's nice. different. Everybody's going to like one aspect as opposed to another one and vice versa. So I've enjoyed writing in the Kindle world and I'm excited to keep going and, and flesh out my, my little town of Copper Creek and, um, 
and play with some more characters. So That's awesome. And as I understand it, you may have other characters visiting Copper Creek from other books. They're welcome. (laughs) The fire's on. (laughs) That's so cool. Christy, this has been just great fun talking to you today. Oh, there's my dog. And there you go. He's like, and me, don't forget me. I was here the whole time. (laughs) All right. Let him be famous for his 15 minutes. What's his name? Uh, Tesla, after Nikola Tesla. I mean, (laughs) that's awesome. Okay. Hi, Tesla. Glad you're here. Uh, thank you so much. So where can readers find you in your books? Um, I'm sorry. I always say readers, listeners, sorry. (laughs) Listeners and readers can find me on Amazon. I actually have an audio book out. Nowhere, nothing like, (laughs) like the sweet historical. It's my spiciest book by far. It's called Southern (laughs) Legacy and it is on Audible. Um, that was a fun experience. Have me back when you talk about Audible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm mostly on Amazon. You can find um, other information about me on my website, which is christyphillips.com with a K, K-R-I-S-T-Y. And, um, Phillips with two L's? Yes. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's where you can get all the latest news on what I'm up to. Awesome. Well, I'll put links in the show notes and we'll also link to your, um, is it primamama.com blog? Yes, that's, that is my family blog. It's a very irreverent um, comedic <laughs> look at motherhood in the trenches. So <laughs> I love it. Well, you know what? Stuff like that ends up being other people, particularly I'm not, uh, I'm not a parent. So that sort of thing sometimes is how I get ideas for how do I have this character act? You know, she's got this age of a child and, you know, like I don't know anybody anymore with that age of a child. So sometimes I pick up, you know, information from blogs and I'm like, Yes. Okay. Right. That's, that's how I should write it. So you never know. You could also be a resource for people like me. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. Let, let me know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you spending the time with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on.